Deuteronomy 15. Still in this great speech of Moses. At the end of every seven years, you shall cancel debt. This is the way it shall be done. Every creditor shall release that which he has lent to his neighbour. He shall not require payment from his neighbour and his brother, because Yahweh's release has been proclaimed. Of a foreigner you can require it, but whatever of yours is with your brother, your hand shall release. However, there will be no poor with you, for Yahweh will surely bless you in the land which Yahweh your God gives you for an inheritance to possess. If only you diligently listen to Yahweh your God's voice, to observe to do all this commandment which I command you today. For Yahweh your God will bless you, as he promised you. You will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. If a poor man, one of your brothers, is with you within any of your gates in your land, which Yahweh your God gives you, you shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from your poor brother. But you shall surely open your hand to him, and shall surely lend him sufficient for his need, which he lacks. Beware that there not be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand. And your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry to Yahweh against you, and it be sin to you. You shall surely give, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him, because it is for this thing that Yahweh your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you put your hand to. For the poor will never cease out of the land. Therefore I command you to surely open your hand to your brother, to your needy, and to your poor in your land. If your brother a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year you shall let him go free from you. When you let him go free from you, you shall not let him go empty. You shall furnish him liberally out of your flock, out of your threshing floor, and out of your winepress. As Yahweh your God has blessed you, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and Yahweh your God redeemed you. Therefore I command you this thing today, it shall be if he tells you, I will not go out from you because he loves you and your house, because he is well with you. Then you shall take an awl and thrust it through his ear to the door and he shall be your servant forever. As to your female servant, you shall do likewise. It shall not seem hard to you when you let him go free from you, for he has been double the value of a hired hand as he has served you six years. Yahweh your God will bless you in all that you do. You shall dedicate all of the firstborn males that are born of your herd and of your flock to Yahweh your God. You shall do no work with the firstborn of your herd, nor shear the firstborn of your flock. You shall eat it before Yahweh your God year by year in the place which Yahweh shall choose, you and your household. If it has any defect, is lame or blind, or has any defect whatsoever, soever, you shall not sacrifice it to Yahweh your God. You shall eat it within your gates. The unclean and the clean shall eat it alike, as the gazelle and as the deer, only you shall not eat its blood. You shall pour it out on the ground like water. There's a bunch of things in this chapter we will quickly go over. First is debt. There was this plan that every seven years debt was to be cancelled. Now, I don't think this actually happened in practice. <laughs> uh, 
human beings are what they are. But the Lord was saying to these people that there shall be no poor among you if you follow the plan I have for you. And the Lord put in, in the Old Testament laws this series of things which if they had followed, there would have been no poor in among their own country. And one of them was this thing about every seven years is a Sabbath year. The land has to rest, all debts are cancelled, all slaves are freed. So if someone, say for example, came and they were poor and they needed money, you could lend them money, um, but it would be a temporary loan. And we find it elsewhere in the law that they weren't allowed to charge interest. So it'd be like saying to your brother, you know, his, his, his car has, has got no tires and he can't afford new tires. And you can say to him, well, I'll lend you $500. You can put new tires on your car and you need to pay me back, you know, over the next six months. So you could say that to him. So, you know, and, but you wouldn't charge him interest. You treat him as a brother. Well, that's the way the Lord had it here. But the Lord also said to them, don't be stingy, saying, oh, the seventh year is at hand. Like if you lent to someone and then it got to the seventh year, you had to let go of all the debts. So it seems a bit unfair to the one doing the giving, <laughs> right? Because they can't charge interest. But it's because we don't think like that. We think very much like individuals. We all think a little bit, a little bit corporately, a little bit, um, a little bit like capitalists. And capitalism is good in its in its own way, but it's not good for everything. Communism is not good either, in you know, for everything. But there are things in all of these things which are good. And um, so here we've got a system where they're taught to help each other out. Now they could charge interest to foreigners but not amongst themselves. They had to treat each other properly. And the, the Lord said, if they had done the things that he said, there would have been no poor among them. But as it was, they didn't listen. And much, much later in the Bible, the, when the Babylonians come, this, the nation of Judah goes into exile for 70 years. And that 70 years, it turns out, we'll get to that later in the book of Jeremiah, is to pay for the 70 Sabbath years that were not observed. So for something like 490 years, every time the seventh year would roll around, they wouldn't Sabbath the land, they wouldn't cancel debts, they wouldn't release slaves, they wouldn't do all the things they were supposed to do. And it came to the point where the Lord sent the Babylonians to punish them that the land was empty for seven years. It had its rest. And um, so the Lord was like basically, you know, making up for it in that one process. Now in the New Testament, we're told that we should give to the poor. We're not told... Um, you know, we're not told to charge the poor interest. I mean, the Lord doesn't like any of that stuff either. But we're told to be givers. We're told to be generous. We're told that someone who gives to the poor actually lends to the Lord. Now, that's pretty cool to think that if you give a gift to someone poor, that you've actually lent money to the Lord and the Lord, the Lord is going to pay you interest. <laughs> I really like the sound of that. And the Lord doesn't just pay 3 or 4%. He'll pay you back multiple times over, you know, like two, three, four, five, a thousand percent interest. The Lord's incredible. And so I think the, the key here, if I imagine myself as an Israelite living back then in the law, the key would be when you saw a brother in need, you're giving them the money, it's a loan, but in the back of your mind, you're treating it like a gift. You're basically saying, um, I'm giving, you're saying it to yourself, I'm giving you this money to meet your need and the Lord's going to bless me in return. You're treating it like a pure gift. But that person 
is able, they're taking it as a loan and they're aiming to repay it to you and that's part of the preserving of their dignity. The Lord is so incredible like this that he, that he instructed elsewhere that when they were harvesting, not to harvest the whole land, but to leave little bits of grain standing. And so the poor could come along and they could get that grain, but they had to work for it. So they were able to still be fed, but they had to work. And in doing so, they maintained their own dignity. It wasn't just a handout, they had to work for it. And so the Lord is always so gracious. So here we've got this example of, of the poor being provided for, and uh, but it's, it's a kind of a, a loan that you don't expect to get paid back, but they had the ability to re, you know, maintain their dignity and pay it back, and I guess that was the, the ideal of what would happen. But every seven years, if they didn't pay it back, they were released. It says sometimes that, that a slave would, be, would work for you for six years and then they could be released. Well, this was what we call indentured servitude. This is a bit like, I guess, bankruptcy. If someone can't afford to pay all their bills, they could sell themselves as a servant for six years and it's their service which repays their bills. And then after, the, in the seventh year, they go free. So these are some of the very practical things that Moses is talking about here. And then at the very end of the chapter, he says very quickly, he says not to give a sacrifice to the Lord which is blemished, but to give you know a perfect sacrifice. In other words, if you had a couple of sheep and one was blind, you know, if, if you know you have to give a sacrifice to the Lord, it's kind of tempting to think, well, that sheep's no good. I should just give that one to the Lord and keep the good ones. But the Lord is saying, don't do that. He's saying, give me a good one and honor me like that. And uh, we, we can talk more about this later because there are other passages which go into this, particularly in Malachi. You know, the Lord says, you bring me your blemished sacrifices. Well, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to give to the Lord from our best. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul actually writes and he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord. So we need to give the Lord our best as well. And that's a pleasing sacrifice. But if we just give the Lord something half-hearted or we don't care, we don't try, that's not a pleasing sacrifice. That's a blemish sacrifice. We need to give to the Lord wholeheartedly of what we have. Father, I want to thank you that even in these um, you know, chapters which seem so practical for people living a long time ago, that there are things in them for us to learn. And I pray that we would learn them and take them to heart. I pray great grace would be at work in our lives for the sake of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.